passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knock down doors. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Knock down doors. My entire career, I've been knocking down doors. I've knocked down doors in judo. I knocked down doors in strike force. I knocked down doors in the UFC. And now I'm knocking down doors here at home in the WWE. The only door you ever knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom. Welcome to Rewinder Raw. I am John Pollock here alongside Wei Ting, live and in living color. Wei, what are the, you doing here? In the flesh. Man, 11 p.m. Right I forgot what Raw. you looked like. Oh, my God. Well, I'm here now. Um, we just sat through a, an edition Special of Raw. Special six-hour edition of Raw. It felt very long. Um, but, uh, of course, um, many of you know I just went through a move, a move recently, and that actually brings me... A little bit closer to the post office. We're basically west. neighbors now. Pretty close, about a twenty-minute walk from one another. So um, um, I'll be probably here a lot more often. Yeah, Way called me up and he said, "You know what? We don't spend enough time together. You want to watch Raw together? It's going to be a real special show oh, on Monday yes. night." And I said, "You know what? It is going to be a really big edition of Raw. I can't wait for this episode of Raw. What better way yeah. than to watch it with you on my couch?" That and also uh, my internet hasn't been installed yet, so yes. that's the reason. On a scale of. Uh, of one to fantastic, how was your move? Did it go accordingly? You know, I didn't have a whole lot of, of furniture to, to to move, so it wasn't uh, well. This wasn't one of those moves where you cash in all your favors with your friends. No, no, it's just uh, my dad, really. The that that you know, marvelous man. Your dad. He, he owes me some some favors. I I would say <laughs> probably the other way around. But um, uh, you know, everything went pretty well except for the fact that in my building the day before that we moved in. Somebody, there was like a malfunctioning sprinkler somewhere. And so from the 19th floor all the way down, uh, there was basically a mini flood. Was this a indoor, the sprinkler was indoors? Indoor sprinklers, yeah. Yeah. And all, and all the, in, in every, in, in the whole building basically inside most of the rooms are sprinklers, yeah. Which is, I guess, like from the the ceiling when you have a fire. Yeah. Those okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. sprinklers. Like someone's got um, no. no. <laughs> What's a sprinkler doing in there? Okay. No, no, for fire. I understand. Yeah. So there's like a malfunction. Was it set sprinkler. off by? It was set off, and and they're trying to come, you know, come up with the reason why. But um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, they're about to find out. Thankfully, our unit wasn't really messed up too bad. Um, but like. It was a disaster elsewhere, so there was only one working elevator that we kind of had to use and share with everybody during the moving process. But it wasn't all that bad. Well, I'm glad things went overall okay, overall and you fun. weren't you didn't suffer any water damage. So no, that's good. we had nothing in there yet. So if it hopefully you know it doesn't happen again. But well, welcome to the neighborhood. Thank you, thank you. We have a lot to discuss yeah. on tonight's show. Mm-hmm. Lots going on in the world of WWE, mm-hmm. and. 
Uh, coming up later, we're going to go through the post-haiku contest. Yes. We're going to announce the winner, who will be walking away with a brand new book, Creating the Mania, by John Robinson from our friends at ECW Press, who have sent us some of these books. So we will be uh, handing out one of those at the end of the show. Also going to go through Raw. We're going to go through some news items because there's no shortage of them over the last couple of days. But off the top, uh, Wayne and I wanted to take uh, just a couple minutes to kind of uh, share what we have been discussing in regards to this event that looks as though, unless there is, you know, some other shoe that drops, this Crown Jewel event is going to be happening on Friday, November the 2nd. Mm Mm-hmm. Streaming live on the WWE Network, and while you may not know it, it is going to be taking place from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. If you just tuned in tonight, there's no way you would have... There was not one mention of the location of this event, just that it would be streaming live on the WWE Network. So, I think Way and I, we have definitely been looking at this event. Uh, I'm not going to speak for you, Way. I have... uh, I am not looking forward to this show in the least. There, as I said to Nate, had... If we were not doing this as a job, there's no way I would be watching this show. This would be an easy skip, and I would not be hesitating in the least. Mm. Uh, That said, I feel that this is part of our job, that this is an extremely newsworthy event that does have to be covered. Uh, Sometimes you don't always get to cover the things that are fun and enjoyable. Sometimes it's uncomfortable things, Mm. but it's newsworthy nonetheless. So we are going to be doing a show. On that day, on Friday, November the 2nd, uh, we have decided we're going to make that a free show. We had typically made these these bonus WWE events that occur on non-Sundays um, that we had put on the Post Wrestling Cafe. Uh, but I, I think having thought about this, it just really doesn't really sit well with us doing that. So we're not going to be doing that on the Friday. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we have uh, come up with a way to uh, actually uh, raise money coming out of this show. What we are going to be doing is Way and I are going to sit down on that Friday, November the 2nd. We're going to do a post show afterwards, and it's going to be a very different kind of post show. Uh, I don't know how much we will necessarily be emphasizing on uh, breaking down all of the matches. I mean, we will go over what is on the show. We're going to watch the show, but I think that we're going to be discussing a lot larger topics connected to the show. So what we are going to do is we are going to go and... However long this show goes. Our review. Our review. Yes. At the end of it, we are going to keep keep track of how many minutes our review is. For every minute we go, have we come up with the the figure per minute? What did we say? Five dollars? Yes. Every minute of our post show, we are going to be donating five dollars to the Committee to Protect Journalists, uh, which is a group that we have uh uh, researched and looked up, you can learn more at cpj.org. So if this is uh, 120 minutes is our post show, multiply that by $5. That is what Wayne and I are going to be donating. Uh, we hope that uh, those of you listening, we're planning to do a live stream of this as well on video. We encourage you that if you have a dollar or two to spare, maybe you too would want to donate. We're not asking anybody to have to donate, but that's what Wayne and I are going to do for that show. And yeah. Putting, yeah. putting our money where our mouth is. That's right. Yes. As I came up with. Oh, uh, very nice. Uh, our brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I think we'll be doing this. Uh, probably streaming our review live on uh, uh, what is it? Uh, YouTube at some point as well. So I'll tweet out the link, and everybody can watch it right after the show. If you have, uh, we know it, it starts at twelve o'clock, so it might be a, a bit of an awkward time for people. But uh, I'm imagining it'll probably run at least 
four or five hours. Yeah, but you know, we'll 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 be around. I don't know how many of you guys are going to be watching the show, but if you want to at least watch our post show, that should be up uh, in time for you guys to get off work or something. So that's that's how we're going to handle this show. Mm-hmm. It's um, obviously a very I don't even want to say a polarizing show. Like I know there's some people that don't understand the outrage over all of this, but I think that's the distinct minority. I think many people feel oh, that, very yeah. offset by this. I would say that more so for the first show, the Greatest Royal Rumble. By this point, uh, it's a very, it's, it's a very much a different story this time. Yeah, and that kind of takes us into our news, which largely covers this. Um, I know way you've been moving all weekend, so I know you weren't necessarily online the last couple of days, but the I've been following as much as I can. Yeah. The coverage has really intensified. It's impossible to really uh, miss. Honestly. No, the WWE yeah. is... I'm not going to say they are front and center of this story, but when it kind of looks at American-based companies that are in business with Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. the WWE is all over these stories. Uh, it was part of uh, John Oliver's commentary on Sunday night, on last week tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone, the New York Post, the Washington Post, Yahoo, Sports Illustrated. I mean, I have tons of the links up in today's update. And a new uh, story that just came out recently was from the New York Post, and it features a new statement from the WWE, this regarding performers that may be uneasy about this. Uh, th- this isn't a very uh, big statement from the WWE, but it reads, quote, as always, we maintain an open line of communication with our performers as we continue to monitor the situation. And I don't know what it is, but all of these companies that have put out statements, it seems they have all used the term we are monitoring the situation. That is like the uniform uh, explanation that they mm-hmm. are giving. Uh, another interesting story is Endeavor. The owners of the UFC, uh, the Hollywood Reporter noted on Monday that they are prep- preparing to break off their ownership deal with the Saudi Arabian government who were going to be spending $400 million for somewhere between 5 and 10% of the company, a giant influx of capital for Endeavor that it appears they are going to be cutting off that deal. So, so they're in the midst of making the deal, but they hadn't. Well, it was agreed to the Hollywood Reporter was stating like the deal's off, and then I had seen some like Variety was stating like they are in the process of ending the deal. So I don't want to say 100 percent that it's it's officially done. It sounds like they are but drafting never, the paperwork and they are on the the road to ending this relationship. But did it begin? beforehand like were they already in the midst of the deal like the wwe already are in the deal uh yeah i think that it had already i i I should actually look up the specifics if the ownership like had been actually completed or not but it looks like you know that's a sizable amount of money we don't know what this wwe deal is fully worth we know about 45 million dollars is what Mm -hmm. they you can figure was uh, I, I only ask because I think it's there, there's a difference between maybe, uh, you know, agreeing to terms but not officially signing a deal versus already being stuck with the deal and then pulling out. And Right. Whatnot. I mean, there could be certain penalties yeah. that the WWE can be opening themselves up to. And, you know, a lot of this deal is you don't know about it. And it's mm-hmm. something that I also kind of in thinking about all of this, it was that on the last investors call – they stated they can't explain or give out the figure because of a confidentiality clause. And not being an expert amongst shareholders, I mean, that's kind of, like, should shareholders not have a right to know that? Mm-hmm. To me, like, given this story, they should absolutely be able to understand the breadth of this deal and what the WWE is possibly walking away from mm-hmm. and, and what is at stake here. Like, if you're a shareholder, 
whether you agree or not with this deal, I think you should know what that is. And I don't really agree that there should be there should be allowed to have a confidentiality clause when one half is a publicly traded company hmm. uh, because we, we don't know exactly what they're being paid for the 10 the year deal of this. But I mean, given all the coverage way, we haven't talked about this, you and I, in a couple of days, I spoke about it more with Nate on Sunday. Are there any kind of takeaways you've had that have changed at all or just different ways of looking at this for the WWE if they one way or another, how you feel about well, it? Well, I mean, I feel like overall, the, over the past week, I mean, I think the story has proven to be the strongest test of, I think, the moral fiber of this company, uh, at least on a public level. But, you know, a company that I feel like in recent years has re- has really tried to make strides towards improving their public image, um, going very far with, with various, I think, uh, you know, f- uh, philanthropic uh, endeavors. And uh, this is... Uh, They failed spectacularly, basically, over the past week. You know, when faced with the decision of whether or not to uh, pull out from this deal for whatever penalty that they may face, or uh, I think risk, you know, further damage to their public reputation, they they sought to to take, you know, the 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 route that earns them the most money. And I think, um, at least from a, a a public image standpoint, it just makes the company look like uh, money over everything, really. Yeah, the the latest uh, CNN has reported that the Saudi Arabians are in the midst of preparing a report that would acknowledge the the death of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Mm -hmm. And this report has not been released yet. CNN was kind of at the forefront of this, but their one source had indicated to them that it would be it would be explained that this was an interrogation that went wrong. And was intended to lead to his abduction from Turkey. And another source stating that the report has not been completed. It could change. Seems like it's still in somewhat a bit of flux. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you have, you kind of have these dueling narratives that are being presented. Like the, the Turkish intelligence, they were putting the, the idea that, you know, this man, we have audio evidence that he was tortured, mm-hmm. that a bone saw was utilized. And now you have this report that if you're to believe this one source, it's going to kind of give credence that these this was not authorized, uh, that this went too far. Right. Um, the fact there was an interrogation is troublesome. I, I don't yeah. know how you try and paint this, but this is like Saudi Arabia has a lot at stake here with these businesses that are pulling out and uh, the damage like to their economy already in the in the short term. Of all of this, I mean, this is an enormous um, kind of measure that they are trying to take to try and alleviate some of this disastrous uh, image control that's occurring. Yeah, I really don't know how you explain something like that away. And certainly, if if this report comes comes to fruition and, and that is their excuse, that is pretty much admitting basically to you know. What, like, as, as clear of an admission of committing this act as as you can have. Like the original say. story was, no, he left the consulate. He left. Yeah, yeah. And now it's okay. He died, and it was an abduction, uh, an interrogation that went too far. I, I would, as an excuse, that's a pretty poor excuse. And when you think about, you know, that if that turns out to be the official reasoning, um, I, I would say that, again, like they probably don't have a better excuse. You know, to me, it's when you're looking at these gigantic 
deals. And I'm looking at way beyond WWE when you're talking about uh, an arms deal with the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it gets down to it, it just give us plausible deniability. Like, yeah. where we can divorce uh, Mohammed bin Salman that he was not aware of this. That there's somehow mm-hmm. uh, uh, see no evil, hear no evil kind of uh, defense mechanism that we can put in place here to explain this. The problem is that I, I don't think anyone that has followed this that can rationally think this out mm-hmm. c- can understand that. Yeah. And on top of it, like let's lower it down to the WWE. This is this is a terrible situation. Are you telling me it's going to be nine years of bliss after this? That there's not going to be more there's issues? There's no way. That people are not going to start taking a deeper yeah. look at what's going on in Yemen at the moment uh, involving Saudi Arabia. Well, like, this is, like, it's a very, very troublesome government to be in business with. And this, this is just stage one. This yeah. is the first catastrophe. There's yeah. going to be more. I think they'll, they might be able to make it past this show, but the next time they do one of these, uh, another show in Saudi Arabia, I mean, I just I, I have to wonder how they they plan on continuing this relationship for the next several years. And what is your sense that by November second is this going to be something that there will still be some people outraged you know, that people are going to move on to the next controversy that this I mean, is? It's not just just that, but I think this evolution show a lot of people are going to connect to Crown Jewel as well, and I think people will you know already they are uh, going to go into this evolution show with a lot of I think. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, cynicism, uh, with its relationship to the Saudi Arabia show. And I would, I, I would hope the mainstream press coverage continues to be as critical and as strong and even stronger as we head towards that show. Yeah. It, it certainly affected my viewing of Raw tonight. I did not yeah. enjoy this show. It to me, it was just irrelevant. It just, I had a bad taste in my mouth watching this whole show tonight and mm-hmm. it was, it was also like this enormous story that you know is going on. And I didn't expect any different from the WWE. But it really is just how we we are not going to address this. It was, we Our fans are just, just throw whatever at them. They'll yeah. eat up whatever if we've we got. we don't mention the name of the country, people will forget where it is. Like it's just know? such a low opinion you have of your viewership. Oh, yeah. uh, nothing like that. Like even down to little things like the amount of times Corey Graves tonight referred to himself – as a journalist, it's like I was just I was just turned off by everything, and I'm probably being uh, more sensitive than necessary. But I just I just had such a negative taste in my mouth from this show tonight. I just think the story has really tainted the WWE, and it just doesn't feel like a product you you feel right in mm-hmm. uh, following at the moment. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, you know, I thought tonight. There was going to be a lot of serious stuff. So I wanted to play something utterly ridiculous for you. Um, Shane McMahon did an interview on Opie Radio on Monday. Yes. And I was listening to some of this Mm -hmm. on Monday. And a line came out from him that had I had, if I was drinking way, I would have destroyed my laptop. I just want to play this for you. Okay. I haven't heard this. I know. I purposely did not alert you to this. Because when he was writing for the WWE, he swore that uh, they were trying to work a story. Who, who was working the storyline? Vince, right? It was Vince's idea. This is dad, one and a half speed. Uh, where he wanted a, oh. an incest angle with you and uh, Stephanie. And I think, was it Bruce that stepped in and was like, yo, we just can't do this. Do you have any memory of this? He told this story and we were laughing so hard. Well, my sister's hot. I don't know if I really would have minded that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Oh. Is that the creepiest thing Shane McMahon has ever said? Uh... Yeah, but it's not the creepiest thing I think a family member has ever said about Stephanie McMahon, though. Well, anyway. 
That yeah. Was, anyway, no funny funny joke. I'm sure St- Stephanie would have had quite the laugh. What a what an odd family. Thanks for that. Really lightened things up. A bit of incest <laughs> in there, you know. This it's a very interesting family. That's for sure. Uh, other news from this past weekend. Uh, we had the passing of passing of uh, Don Leal Jonathan at the age of 87. Uh, somebody that I mean traveled all over the world. Uh, had lived in Vancouver since the early 60s and had. Uh, some huge runs in Montreal, uh, three match series with Andre the Giant, um, you know, came to, you know, many parts of Canada, including Winnipeg to Toronto, headlined Madison Square Garden when uh, Pedro Morales was champion, when Bruno was champion, selling out Madison Square Garden and always regarded as an incredibly agile big man who was well over 300 pounds at his peak and, you know, popularized the, the rope walk that you associate now with The Undertaker and just what he could do uh, as a big man. So we do have a story up on the website about Don Leo Jonathan. I know you have not seen Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that you've heard uh, regarding the show that you have said, you know what, I have to make sure I see this part? I mean, from from what I'm, I heard from your review with Brian and Nate, I mean, it seems like a lot of the cards seem, you know... Like, pretty decent uh, to maybe just mildly interesting, but I would say the thing that really stands out for me typically from when I hear reviews is things that are either really great or really bad, and therefore I, I do intend on catching that Ali versus Sue Young. That's going to be the, what you have to go see yes. uh, of all of it. I, I, I contemplated queuing it up for you to, oh, to watch wonderful. here, but I don't I'm know if it watch would work tomorrow. for the, the audio version. But, man, I, I got to be honest, Way spending 53 bucks on that show... That's a lot. That was that was a lot yeah. for a but three I mean, hour they, show. They are banking, I think, on their hardcore audience be, still be, being willing. Operative word banking, yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, that was the show. We have a review up with uh, Nate Milton. Very fun show, chatting about uh, Bound for Glory, and beyond that, uh, we can really get into Raw at this point. Let's I think. Do it. I yeah. think the main thing is the all the Saudi Arabia news mm-hmm. that seems to be dominating everything. Yeah. Uh, before we, we end off, though, tonight, we do have the results of our post-haiku contest on Twitter. Yes. Yes. So we'll be going through all those submissions at the end of the show. Yes. End of the show. We'll go yes. over some of the best ones, and the winner will be chosen and be walking away with a with a brand new book. So let's get into Raw from Monday night in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Out came the tandem of Strowman, McIntyre, and Ziggler. Yeah, their name. Yeah, they don't have their uh, they they don't have a catchy nickname or vest. It's a real pain when they're in all these segments. Uh, so I still use the Dogs of War. I'm not spelling out their names every single time in my notes. Well, I don't know why they just decided to drop it all of a sudden. Why? You think Vince Vince, Vince loves dogs? He's just kind of gotten over dogs. He's a cat person now. Yes, maybe uh, maybe war is not a term they want to be just oh, thrown out. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So tonight they were promoting. Crown Jewel streaming live on the WWE Network. Um, no mention of Saudi Arabia, but they, like Crown Jewel was the focused, focused upon show. Mm-hmm. It was, it was not secondary to evolution. It was SmackDown 1000 was barely promoted on tonight's show. I was actually surprised at the lack of mentions of SmackDown for Tuesday night, but no, Crown Jewel was the number one priority on tonight's show that they pushed, but mm-hmm. just no mention of where this mysterious show is taking place. Mm-hmm. Any 
a- anything that just surprised you about their handling of it, or was this I, what you expected? I mean, uh, knowing how they handled it on social media when I, when all the news really kind of struck uh, last week, you know, basically continuing to push Crown Jewel as much as they can, but with no mention of Saudi Arabia, thinking that that's any type of excuse. I, I kind of expected this. I think it'll be really interesting to see during the show what they do if they're oh. can you imagine them trying to avoid the mention of saudi arabia during the show itself we are in a random town somewhere in the world for this big show well that's where the big problem exists it's not the lead up to this show it's that show they are not paying for a wrestling show mm-hmm. they are paying for a commercial yeah they are like the wwe is going to be in a very very difficult ethical space yeah because they are paying for what you saw back in April. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the WWE coming up with ideas of, of how to present this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is very much mandated. And that's going to be a very big issue. Because thus far, the WWE has not shown any resistance to this deal. They have pushed forward. And are, at what point do they show any pushback here at this deal? That we'll show see. is going to be the test. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know how you run some of those ads and you know treat it like you did in april i they, they will be absolutely ostracized uh coming out of that show if they treat it like they did in april we think so we at least i i hope they would be ziggler calls them the greatest three-man team in history and they don't need matching tactical vests we recap last week including ambrose telling kayla that he may not fit in anymore with the shield and that was our tease throughout the show of dean and his problems with the shield Drew says that Reigns and Rollins are the only ones who benefit from this relationship. And then Drew and Dolph argue about who is better when Braun interjects and says that Lesnar and Reigns are going to get these hands. So we had both groups feuding within within each other. Yes. Which, which group would fall apart first? Mm-hmm. That was our drama for Monday night. Yes. So Reigns and Rollins come out and Rollins was playing the role of Wade Barrett stating, I've got some bad news. Shield has not been shattered or broken. And Rollins says, I am the best in the world, as he stood right next to the Universal Champion, who just kind of nodded here. Like, yeah, yeah, Seth, you're in this tournament. Rollins says that Dean runs on Ambrose time, but he always shows up. He's like Bret Hart or Jeff Hardy. The crowd booed as soon as Roman spoke. This was Philadelphia, a city near and dear to his heart. And he says, you know, uh, Rollins took the microphone and just goes, you know, I've always liked Philadelphia. And he put over the Philly cheese steaks and this crowd just, yay! <laughs> Thanks, Seth! Mm. <laughs> just like uh, kittens to milk, this crowd. And that set up our first World Cup qualifier. Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins. Renee says she has no clue where Dean is. She's just out here doing her job. Where's her husband, Renee? Come on. I don't know. She says, I haven't seen him for the that much for the past couple of weeks, is what she said. Yes. Drew catches him on a suicide dive and throws him. Ziggler then runs out to distract, and Drew hides under the ring and then pulls Rollins into the edge of the apron. Rollins goes down, and we go through the break. Rollins is selling his shoulder. Inverted Alabama slam is turned into a victory roll by Rollins. That was a cool spot. And then Drew is in the tree of woe. Seth climbs to the top, and wouldn't you know it, Drew sits up in the seated position and throws him off of the top. Seth gets caught again. Rollins hit a superplex, but then Drew followed through with the Falcon Arrow, got a two count from that. Rollins fires up, hits a suicide dive to Ziggler, one to Drew on the opposite side, and then Ziggler pulls down the bottom rope 
Ambrose comes from the crowd, attacking Ziggler. There's a stomp to Drew on the floor, and Rollins runs into the ring at the count of nine, winning the match by countout. As Drew loses, but is very much protected in the loss. Yeah, yeah. You know, a good match, I think, as usual with these two. Um, but I, it's a match I feel like I've seen every single week. This was an episode I felt like I had seen last week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, as, as, as great as I think the wrestling is, there's only so many times you'll get, get my attention to sit through 10 minutes of this. The Bellas are backstage. They have brand new shirts. The Bellalution has begun. Yes, clever. Bailey is with Trish and Lita backstage and hugs them. So Trish and Lita, more to come. And then we got The Undertaker and Kane in the most beautifully lit boiler room I've ever seen. So I wonder when or where they would have shot this. Probably last week. Um, yeah, I guess so. When was it? They weren't on Raw last week, right? No, they weren't. They did the what? Super Show. they? No, it was just DX last week. Oh, there was no God. Taker and Kane okay. after Australia. All right. So... Anyway. I would have failed that quiz, God. I hope Kane didn't have to take off another day from work for this. <laughs> How? I'm going to keep going back to this. Yeah. He, to me, is the one that faces the most scrutiny, clearly, of the performers um, that he is doing this show. I mean, depends how his uh, citizens care, right? I mean, I, I, it's... Yeah. It's it's very hard for me to speak for the people of Knox County, but I would I would I would say a lot of the people on the roster have a lot to speak for for participating in this show, and I'm sure a lot of them want to speak out, but can't you know? But I'm thinking about people like a Daniel Bryan who is in a featured match on this show. Does it disappoint you no one has spoken up, even though we understand what the culture is it in has. WWE? Absolutely, like Shawn Michaels himself. I don't know what Shawn's political leanings are, but the fact that he is such a prominently featured person on this show, the fact that we know he's probably getting paid a huge amount. And this this should this. not be a political story either this is an no. innocent man that was killed and i don't yeah. care how you lean so uh a lot of people have a lot to, to to speak for yeah it's like i can't imagine another entertainment entity sports franchise that you would just have a muted yeah per, like talent base. that is that and, is almost as concerning as you know a lot of a lot of what else is going on with the company so the undertaker and kane cut this very heavily produced promo. The reunification of DX is based on a lie. They will put Sean so deep in the ground he will never come back. And all of Sean's fears will come true. Hunter may have won the battle, but he started a war that will end at Crown Jewel, and then Hunter can go back to the boardroom. And Sean can shuffle off back to retirement. That was the one comedic line here of Sean doing his shuffle mm. with his legs. And... Kane says, you had three words for us. Are you ready? Well, we have three words for you. And Taker said, suck it, bitch. <laughs> Rest in peace. As the lights dimmed, I was waiting for Ed Young to pop out and cut a promo on DX. Oh. The pastor. Yeah. You know, this promo had a very old school feel. It was uh, you know, shot in a boiler room with a lot of dry ice. Uh, very pretty, very well produced. And I would say, you know, in these types of segments, um, different from than being in the ring for these two, I think they look as good as they always have. In ring is where you really start to see this discrepancy. They can still pull off the characters here. They announced that at Evolution, we're going to get a battle royal where the winner will get a future women's title shot. It will be Raw and SmackDown performers, although that distinction means nothing, as I'll get into in this next match. The contestants they announced were 
Ember Moon, Nia Jax, Tamina, The Iconics, Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox, Asuka, poor Asuka, Mandy Rose, Carmella, Lana, the MMA expert Sonya Deville, Naomi, and the returning Tori Wilson, who had such a tremendous battle royal outing in January, in the same arena, actually, here in Philadelphia. She's back. Plus, they announced during the match, uh, oh, no, that was everybody, yeah. You think that's it, or do you think there'll be more? Oh, I'm sure they'll put more in. I'm sure we'll get some NXT women, some UK women. Like, this is, yeah, they'll fill up. This is where all the extra women will end up. I'm certainly expecting as many people as, you know, were were in that uh, WrestleMania Battle Royal to to appear on this show. And, you know, I think what stood out to me was the fact that it was almost like, this pretty much accounted for almost every woman on SmackDown being on this show. Yeah, you brought up a great point, because you have Charlotte and Becky in their match. We're the the only two people in a prominently featured match. So we got one SmackDown match. And the rest are all in this battle royal. There's no other women on SmackDown. Uh, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I don't think we are. I think that's everybody. Nia Jax and Ember Moon, the best buds, took on Dana Brooke and the returning Tamina, mm-hmm. who had just missed nine months. She had been out since January with a torn rotator now, cuff. Was she on Raw or SmackDown? Or does it matter? Where do you think she was? She was on SmackDown. She was on SmackDown Doesn't and matter. returned here on Raw. Retirement kind of cancels your contract, I guess. Or, I mean, injury, I mean. Yeah, they gave a great explanation for this, but yes. the commentators did. <laughs> it was great. It was all accounted for. It made sense. They got the advantage on Moon. Uh, they built up to a spot with Jax and Tamina getting into the ring. Tamina tried twice to lift up Jax, finally got her up for the Samoan drop that Michael Cole treated like Mick Foley coming off the Hell in a Cell. And then there was an avalanche to Dana Brooke as Nia came back into the eclipse, moon pinned Dana. But then after, we got the big, the big angle way. Tamina goes after Nia and shoves down Moon, who then super kicks, uh, Tamina super kicks Nia. And then Tamina and Ember team up to toss Nia over the top to the floor. But then Ember tries to dump Tamina over. They're both on the ropes as Dana tosses both off. She gets the uh, the Sid Justice spot, or the, the Ric Flair spot to Sid and Hogan. Right. Um, anyway, so Dana stands tall. I guess that means she's got to win the Battle Royal, right? Yeah. She's got the, she's got the, the psychological moment- advantage. She's got the most momentum, that's for sure. You know, I thought uh, this match was was did a decent job of reintroducing Tamina to an audience. I think the, the portions where she had that face-off with Nia, uh, like they did in the Survivor Series a year ago, uh, came across pretty strong. But by the end of the segment, I, you know, I, I really... I guess didn't think that there was going to be that much more for Tamina beyond this battle royal because she was just thrown out by by Dana. And um, I thought they went a little overboard, no pun intended, with all the uh, mock rumble stuff at the end. You know, to the point where Ember decided that it was important enough for her to win this imaginary impromptu battle royal that she would go against her own teammate in the match. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, when you look at this card, I mean... They've got seven matches announced. I don't know how much more they're going to add to this. Like, everyone's pretty much accounted for. Seven matches. I mean, that's pretty full. I guess that's that's a full show. Yeah. I guess. Uh, so after we go to the big TMZ coverage of Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella's feud, mm-hmm. where Ronda has called Nikki a do-nothing bitch. Yes. Incorporating that into the uh, lexicon of her WWE character. Yes. Yes. So Rousey comes out, and she says that the Bellas betrayed her in front of the whole world, and says they at least owe her an explanation, confirming that Ronda Rousey does not have the internet and did not go watch Nikki's explanation last week on WWE.com. 
The Bellas come out and they say no one paid to see Rhonda. They paid to see them. And they got tons of heat for this. They don't owe her an explanation. And then Brie channeled her influential Scott Hall by stating, it's show business, not show friends. Scott Hall say that? Scott Hall used to say that, yeah. Show friends. It's not show business. It's show business, not show friends. What does that mean? Show friends. It means it's about business. It's not about friends. Okay. Got it. It's not a great saying, but I understand where he's coming from. Nikki said it made her cringe to watch Rhonda at the forefront of the evolution. She's just a loser that doesn't deserve it and doesn't deserve to be champion. Nikki says they got the term diva to mean something. It was strong and powerful. And their series, Total Divas, put more women in the audience. And Ronda walked into an evolution that they started. She's the longest reigning Divas champion. Her title wouldn't exist without them. And then Ronda goes to interrupt. Nikki's not done. So Ronda says, it's your turn. Go. (laughs) That was unfortunate. I've gone into many shouting matches with people. (laughs) And I've acknowledged when it's their turn to yell. Well, it it kind of happens when you... um I guess forget who start, starts and ends on the script. Yeah. Well, then we had Rhonda with her response. Mm-hmm. She says, I tried to be respectful, but the Divas era made me sick to my stomach. I thought I could come here and we could all be sister soldiers and drive this evolution together. But I was too naive to see through you. You are the embodiment of a stereotype. You're DMBs. Do nothing, Bellas. Everybody cringed. They've said bitch plenty of times on the show. Why not just let it go? Come on. She's amazed how far the Bellas have gone with minimal talent and leached off the names of their men, plagiarizing and diluting their moveset and need to be eradicated like smallpox. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. And she says, I'm more than a pretty face with a deadly body. Now, do you, did you find it, like, this was, I, I thought Rhonda had a very good delivery. The audience was with her for this whole promo, yeah. and it was, it got the emotion you wanted out of it. Yeah. It's also, I could see, upsetting a lot of people that we're going right back to, I think, what you wanted the women to get away from, of just being, you know, you're subservient to your, to your boyfriend, to your husband. And the, it's the baby face that is using this. Right, okay, like almost shaming them for having uh, famous male wrestling. A bit. Like it's it's kind of like it's been used on the Bellas many times. Yeah, right. Um, It's just a little different when it's the baby face going this direction. That this whole pay-per-view is kind of trying to steer a whole different kind of course for the women. I'm expecting – I think what they're trying to do with Ronda here is just to basically uh, use critiques against the Bellas that the audience tends to already believe in anyway. Just to get heat, just to build up the rivalry, probably without thinking so much about, you know, whether or not it's really the right thing for her to say. Uh, I'm with you. I thought, you know, I thought her and Nikki did pretty well here. But Ronda, maybe a little overscripted, especially the She was definitely overscripted. Like, there was way too many lines in here that were just, come on. Like, I've heard Ronda cut great promos at press conferences that, and and to be honest, like, she did a lot better with this mm-hmm. verbiage than most would. Yes. Uh, and the audience got into it. Like, th- this was one of the more heated segments on the show. Maybe the yeah. most heated. Yeah. Um, Brie calls her jealous, says they are groundbreakers. The name Bella has done more in the last week than yours has ever done, which was the greatest line. Rousey then lists off all the doors she's knocked down. In judo, 
in Strike Force, in the UFC, in the WWE. The only door Nikki broke down was the one to John Cena's bedroom. Mm. And eventually, he threw you out of that exact same door. Now, is that true? Like, who broke up with whom in that relationship? Way, I defer to you no. on the Cena-Nikki drama. Well, and who, knows, who knows what's reality? Uh, you know, I look at this as, like, that got the biggest reaction, that oh, line. sure, yeah. And I can also see why a lot of people would be very... Uh, I, I can see a lot of females not enjoying this or, or not yeah. wanting to back Ronda Rousey in this. Men, too. Like, I think that you're... You're going one direction, but when it comes to getting heat, you go for that zinger mm-hmm. of just you slept your way to the top, which is c- kind of going backwards from everything that they have stated they want the women to be. Yeah, I I, I, I understand. I, I guess I just don't sense that this pro wrestling and especially the WWE really has that sensitivity about where they might be going too far, you know, they've or, or told Jerry Lawler. That when he's on, he is not allowed to refer to the women as beautiful or sexy. Mm, like, they have stopped that. That is how image conscious they are of yeah. the women. I, I, it, it must be so, like, I think hard to resist the, the reaction that a line like this would get. The type of soap opera Jerry Springer type of line would get, you know, in 2018. And uh, I'm, I don't know. I wasn't really following Twitter to see whether or not there was any outrage towards the line. My, ne- neither was I. My, Maybe I'm my, completely wrong. My feeling is that, you know, people will just see this as like stupid pro wrestling soap opera stuff that they don't really have an issue with. And, and maybe, you know, there's the argument that people might disagree with this, but look at the reaction it got. Yeah. It's, but I mean, does that, does that always, is that always an excuse, right? It's, it's a weird comparison, but it goes to, like, the Connor Khabib buildup. It's mm-hmm. people were disgusted by it. Yep. it. It was the most bought pay-per-view ever. So yeah. what does that tell you? Yeah. Um, the Bellas tease going to the ring, but then they stop. And security comes out and forms a wall in front of them as they walk down. And this just set up Rousey to throw all these security members, including the best indie <laughs> security worker of all time. This guy was the best part of Raw. This last guy who just had the most comical reaction to being thrown. He was awesome. Way and I rewound this, and we were howling watching this man. Yeah. He was already gifted. <laughs> Into infamy. Us. Yeah. You know, I thought a very good segment overall. It was a little rocky at times, but I thought by the end, Rhonda sounded pretty good. I think got her intensity across really well. Sounded very genuine at parts, too, in particular when she talked about, you know, breaking down doors. Um, that, I thought, was very well done. Um I think the writing is interesting because it indicates that, you know, it reflects how this audience already sees the Bella Twins. And that's, you know, representatives. They are representatives of, I think, a bygone era with the Divas uh, Revolution, the Divas era. Uh, But the Bellas themselves are playing characters that are very proud of the Divas era. You know, talking about all the strong points of the Divas era. And uh, I think using themselves as sort of a... uh, I don't know, uh, believing that they are the the leaders of this women's evolution, which I think to your common WWE fan is laughable, but I can buy that Nikki Bella and Brie Bella believe that they feel that way about themselves. So I, 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 I like the feud. I, I think both of them are very believable. This promo, to me, it was all delivery. Because if you mm. just read this promo on paper, 
the Bellas come off much more likable, I think, than Ronda Rousey does. Like, just the actual verbiage. Those are the best villains, though, aren't they? The ones that really believe <laughs> that they are the good guys. And that's how I think the Bellas came across. I can't. Like, the way that. you just described, like, yeah. the taking ownership of the Divas term and being proud of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's not a, that's a, that's a babyface story. It's, it, it's, it's a heel line if you think they are exaggerating. And they did enough exaggerating. Well, that's, there. the delivery was the difference here. Yeah. And that's why I think it worked for this audience. Rude and Gable, and do this clearly is the main event of the show. I, I think that this to, has to end the show. I have to think so. Above Charlotte and Becky, I think so. I think so. Rude and Gable are backstage, and they show Kurt, who is dressed up like he is still on vacation. Mm-hmm. He's playing uh, Bray Wyatt. I guess so. Maybe that's what Bray's character was. Yeah, he says his stress level is down. And I guess there's like, uh, it slightly could work that, okay, you're on vacation and Philadelphia isn't that far from home. He's just, uh, took a detour to Philadelphia tonight. I imagine it'd be pretty cold wearing that out- outside though. Could be. Angle started dancing with No Way Jose. He's really oh, got. Oh, that's where No Way Jose has been. That's where he's been. Yeah. No, nowhere Jose. <laughs> Baron walks in and mentions it's been 12 years since Angle has had a singles match on WWE. So tonight, He's not going to have a singles match. He's going to have a handicap match against AOP. <laughs> Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler was our next World Cup qualifier. Went through a commercial early. You know what? These, these performers are very talented. But these combinations, I'm done. I'm done with these six. Especially these two. I think, you know, uh, uh, Rollins and, and, and McIntyre is obviously your stronger combination. Um, but even that one we've seen to death. And this one, Ambrose Ziggler, like the, the two people that have feuded for that SmackDown championship for a year. That's right. Uh, continuing this, this feud here, I was already pretty sick of it. Ambrose has incorporated the Dodon into his... Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Ambrose dropped Ziggler from the turnbuckle onto his previously injured knee in the match, and then Drew shows up, goes to attack when Seth saves. Ambrose leaps to the floor with an elbow, and then as Rollins is helping him up, Dean shoves him away. Ambrose returns to the ring, walks into a super kick like an idiot, and he's pinned. Yes. I found the crowd pretty cold for this one. Um,. You know, and I, for me personally, I just, it was just watching this match where I felt like, like many WWE matches, you don't really have to watch like 90% of the match. You watch the last finishing sequence and you're, you're just as fine, you know? So, uh, I've kind of gotten to that routine where like, I just kind of tune out for a lot of the match. And then I remember, remember to pay attention for the finish because the bulk of the match really has no bearing at all on, on the greater storyline. Sane people go and change the channel to watch something that entertains them. Or you just follow on YouTube like a lot of people do. Rollins stood over top of him in the ring. Dean shoves him away again. They get into a shoving match on the stage, and Miss Elizabeth comes out uh, to get in between them. I stole that joke from someone on Twitter (laughs) who said the the mega powers are exploding and Roman's playing Miss Elizabeth. So credit to whoever had that joke. I laughed. And then Baron comes out, and he doesn't want the shield to dissolve on his watch. So he announces a rematch with the Dogs of War. You and I both groaned was, audibly when it, they announced this. It's because I I feel like I've already seen every single combination of these. Wait, six we saw people. it twice last week, and we saw it twice this week. We saw it three times this week, <laughs> and it was uh like knowing that there's so many people I think waiting to get on this show. Not that not not that I'm begging for a No Way Jose main event. Paulo Cruz. But but I think something a bit more fresh. They're just kind of going to this Shield Dogs of War thing a little too much. So the dogs are in the locker room. Dolph is yelling. 
He says that the shield is vulnerable, and he wants Braun to crush Rollins and Dean, and he asks if they think he's dumb. He tells Ziggler just to listen, and he threatens both Drew and Dolph if they screw up out there. Finn Balor versus Jinder Mahal. You and I noticed midway through the match that Samir Singh is back. Mm-hmm. He has been out since the beginning of the year. He had the most unspectacular return. Beautiful day. This was not. Yeah. And, and the highlight, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but okay. Graves points out that Samir is back and Michael Cole responds, who? I'm sure most people would have said that, actually. <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly surprised that the, the Bollywood boys have stuck around as long as they have with this Jinder gimmick, especially when Jinder converted to a comedic thing. I didn't think the, that these two would have lasted that long. And, you know, I follow the, 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 the Singh brothers on, on, uh, on social media. And I know Samir has been training really hard. Dude's got an amazing shape. And knowing that he's been working really hard for a return only to get something like this, hopefully there's more for him after. Like he is the third person in Jinder's entourage. Yes. With Alicia in there as well. I mean, you follow those guys on Twitter. You can't help but root for these guys. Yeah. Like just lifelong they're, they're fans. Living their dream. Totally. But you, you know, ah, anyway. Very quick match. Coup de Gras by Balor for the win. I, I thought we've seen this match every single week since the mixed match challenges started. Some iteration of it with the women too. And it's not like this is like a major program of the mixed match challenge. Like they might have one match and that's it. So I don't, I don't know how this is a bigger feud than what it needs to be. Finn Balor is one to me that is just, what's yeah. he doing on this I show? Mean, he was rumored to be facing Brock Lesnar at one point this year. And you know, here he is. Bobby Lashley comes out with Leo Rush. Michael Cole notes Kevin Owens needs knee surgery this week, and Lashley just starts flexing. He was playing the, nar- the narcissist. Pretty much, yeah. And Leo Rush, uh, this was reported in The Observer last week, that he's got this IFB, and he's being fed lines from Vince McMahon for all mm. his promos. I feel terrible for that, man. I bet the announcers love these Lashley segments because they don't got to hear Vince. I guess so. I just want a camera on Vince when he's feeding him these lines. This was right out of... Like, the narcissist playbook. It's just Lashley posing, and it just feels so outdated for 2018. It really does, yes. And this got no heat. Rush just kept... Balor and Bailey just took off. They left, like most of the audience. It's just also very, I think, different for the Bobby Lashley character, something we haven't really seen at all from him throughout his career. He's not a guy who I think is obsessed with his body. He's an impressive physical specimen. But wait, this guy was like... Your top, one of your top baby faces eight days ago in Australia, and right. now he's a heel. Like, there was no story behind it. He just was a heel last week. But at no point was that ever, I think, a part of the character, the fact that he loves the way he looks. It's more about how his ability to lift things that are really heavy or to jump really high. It's less so about, I think, looking like this statuesque man, and that seems to be what they're uh, gearing that character towards. Yeah, he, he's now playing Gary Stridham of the uh, World Bodybuilding Federation fame. We should review a w- reference at all. We should review a WBF pay per view. Maybe someone to. should select that. I'd love to. I would love to. Yeah, Vince just in his glory calling oh, yeah. bodybuilding. So we got a mixed match challenge promo. Miz and Asuka are taking on Rusev and Lana. Uh, Rusev had a shirt that read. Make squats deep again. Hmm. Lashley took on poor Tyler Breeze. Lashley just delayed. It was all posing. Delayed vertical. Full Nelson. Breeze fought back. Then he's hit with a power slam. Lashley chant was 
being started by Leo Rush, audience wasn't into this at all. No, like I know, I feel like Rush was doing really well the first couple of weeks, or at least getting some type of reaction from the audience. It seems like this week he got nothing. The lines weren't really good either. Gut wrench into a slam off his shoulders, and Lashley won. Very. It was boring. Yeah, like it wasn't just kind of there. It was actually like actively boring. Titus O'Neil is on the Ebony Power 100 list, along with others such as Steph Curry, James Harden, and Venus Williams. And then Trish Stratus and Lita came out. They had been plugging this, going to break all show long. Trish and Lita. They come out, and they are quickly interrupted by Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Alexa starts making fun of them, mimicking Lita, pretending that she is scared to take them on. And then Mickey did the same with Trish, that they're going to end Stratisfaction. And making fun of her point. Yeah. This didn't do so well with the audience either. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know Philly is usually a very hot crowd. But I feel like maybe it was just the writing on the show or something else, man. But nothing hit with this audience. I didn't blame them in this segment. Yeah. Mickey says that Trish and Lita have not been in a WWE ring for a long, long time. These two women were both in the Royal Rumble in this very arena in January. Right, yes. They were also in the ring last week, technically. You're right. And then they were asked if they need practice. So Trish and Lita (laughs) did the Allen Iverson press conference bit. And this died a death. In Philadelphia. Mm. In Philadelphia, this didn't hit. Imagine... Most people at home that I don't know what their recall would be of this Allen Iverson bit. The fact that I'm aware of this tells me that maybe some people are because I am not your basketball expert. No, I had no idea. Uh, I played it for Way, and after 30 seconds, he was like, okay, I got it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then Alexa and Mickey teased them some more. They did the same thing the Bellas did. They teased coming into the ring, and then they walked to the back. Mm -hmm. It's just your go-to heat line or action of the night. I was glad that Trish did do her point into the crowd so that there literally was a point to this segment. (laughs) This did not work. I was less excited about this tag match than before. No, it was not a very good segment. It was very long, I think, without all that much good content within it. The promos really weren't that great. Trish really still has yet to find her comfort in front of the camera since she's returned. Um, Her and Lita, like, Trish didn't even talk. Like, she was just yeah, reacting. She had a couple lines. And I'll say, like, Lita actually sounds definitely the more comfortable of the two on the microphone with what little they were given. Um, in ring, I think it'll be a different story. I think Trish will look very good. Yeah, I think it'll be a fine match. Yeah. I think it'll really depend on the crowd, which hopefully you're going to have a pretty enthused crowd. But it is Long Island. Not always the, the reputation of being the hottest crowd, as mm-hmm. I now brace myself for our but- Long Island listeners to... <laughs> As a nostalgia act, I mean, I think it's important to maybe have... I think lead interests are probably the best candidates you could have for that role on this show. But as far as, like, their appearances on on these episodes of of Raw, it's not like they are... They seem like that that big of a deal to these audiences. Personally, I think nostalgia like this works way better in a singles match. Like, remember Asuka and Mickie James at TakeOver we went to in Toronto? Yeah. I just think it works way better... And that's why I think Alexa and Trish, people were intrigued by it. And this right. tag match. It's also an NXT crowd, though, that like would have been around watching. I wonder how much of the current WWE, at least the audience that's, that's there live, would have been around watching Lita and Trish. I think the match is going to be fine. But, yeah. I mean, this segment, to me, did not enhance it in mm-hmm. any way. 
But before you could even lament that segment, we, well, first of all, we had uh, Bailey being approached by the Riot Squad, the Riot Squad with their matching hats, and Logan said that Bailey makes her want to vomit, and they made fun of her running away from a fight. And then oh, just, just the first of two despicable. The blocks. Riot Squad were going to have some yeah. some rioting to be had tonight. Back into the ring, the Conquistador is there. El Conquistador. I was going to say that uh, Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Renee Young were the only three people in the building that believed this was Kurt Angle. But I have to add a fourth, and that would be whoever was running the the Chiron that labeled him Kurt Angle. Oh, okay. Well, so four people because <laughs> yeah. nobody in this entire arena believed this was Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. AOP came out and they destroyed him. Baron was watching this from the stage. The conquistador clumsily tried to apply the ankle lock and fell over. And there was like a neck breaker power bomb combo to pin him. And they unmasked him. And wouldn't you believe it was not Kurt Angle? It was this goof. And then Kurt appears on the stage. In his in his vacation outfit and slammed Baron Corbin with the angle slam. Graves compared him to Hunter S. Thompson. I don't know why, but I do get a kick of the out of this Kurt Angle. Yeah, like a, a Kurt Angle who dances and is a, a com- yeah. He did the dance after as well. I like this Kurt Angle more than the GM Kurt Angle. Me yeah, too. I agree. It's like now he's embracing like the silliness. I guess so. Yeah, and. Yeah. He's not just subordinate to whoever. It was fine. But then we go to Natalia's dressing room way. Just says Natalia on the front. And all of a sudden, we see ketchup squirted onto the the door. Not just ketchup. Mustard, too. Mustard. Yes. I can't believe someone came up with this. Every week, I think it's just like a challenge for these writers to come up with like... You know, what's the least amount of cleanup we can have to do for these riot segments? Ugh. Yeah. I relished this no. scene. Oh, my God. So Natalia comes out after the break. Doesn't doesn't bring this up at all. And she brings out Bailey for backup, but says she's got another friend to even the odds. Sasha Banks, who is back. And Natalia took on Ruby. Natalia quickly went for the sharpshooter. Not a very lengthy match. Logan runs in, clips the knee. Everyone starts fighting. They fight off the Riot Squad. It's a backstabber by Banks into a Bailey to belly. And then Natalia, while selling her knee, hits Ruby with a released German. So it looks to be a six-woman tag at Evolution. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like... I mean, it's it's honestly not surprising at all considering the year they've had. But I feel like Sasha and Bailey should have had a bigger role on this, whether it be as a as a tag team going up against another prominent tag team on the show, or even as a in a singles match with with somebody with each other with with whoever. Um, it just feels like this is a very small role for them. But at least they have a match, and they're not in the battle royal. Right? How about the drama of whether Oscar can become a Royal Rumble and Evolution Battle Royal winner in the same year? Um. Yeah, sure. Oh, I must have been mistaken. Yeah, because I they've had this will be their third battle royal for the women this year, right? With WrestleMania, WrestleMania. a lot yeah. of battle royals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look what it did for Naomi's career. WrestleMania, yeah, I mean, really took her to the next level. That's right. Elias was with a PA with guitar picks. He wants a green one. And he knocked the tray over, and then Elias comes out. He brings up John Cena again, and then he mentions going out to lunch with 
Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz and his, his injury last season, who he then said, the true pain is pretending you care about this city. And he just let the booze build. He made fun of Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, and says he's just the same image of everyone in this city, a googly-eyed slob. And then the music hits, and I wrote down, out came Chad Gable. But no, it was Apollo Crews. I didn't even recognize this guy's music. I really wouldn't wouldn't be able to tell. (laughs) Apollo said, I want to interrupt because that's what everyone does, and it's my turn to interrupt you. He notes, I don't play the guitar, I don't sing, and I'm not funny. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) He says, I've held my temper long enough, and I've watched so many people pass me by, like you, and I'm sick of it. And it led to an insiguri and military press delivered to Elias as Apollo Crews got onto Raw. Congratulations. You know, they're trying something with Crews, I think, for like the 15th time. Um, I will say I don't think he made a big enough impression, you know, in this little kind of angry promo, if this is the the extent of his anger. Uh, There really still is something missing from him. Obviously, he's a tremendous performer, but when I say there's something missing, it's something that's missing that'll impress him and endear him to Vince McMahon, which I I really don't think he, he did here. What if he posed more? I mean... It would probably work just as well as as it does with Lashley. Uh, it's it, it's a gimmick that really doesn't suit either of them. They look great, but they're not really about that. They aired a promo for SmackDown 1000. They listed who was going to be there, and that was about it. I didn't. There wasn't a big push for SmackDown at all. Yeah. Like it's almost, you know, uh, they've got some interesting people on the show. I'm sure, it'll be a better SmackDown than typical, but certainly not a heavily. Promoted one. Well, then it'd be kind of tough for them, right? With the like, if you get people complaining about the brand extension, perhaps. Oh, we're way past that. I don't feel that's an issue at all. Like in the past, though, they would have had Paige appear on Raw. You know, you would have had probably a, a lot more stuff. Main event was the Shield against the Dogs. Ziggler kicked Rollins, and then he knocked into Ambrose as they continued the problems. Reigns is trying to play Peacemaker. Went through the break. They had the advantage on Reigns for a lengthy period of time. They cut off the ring. Rollins and Ambrose got knocked off the apron. And then there was a Claymore zigzag to Reigns, but Rollins and Dean returned for the save. Tag is made to Rollins, and he works alongside Dean Ambrose. They hit stereo dives to Dolph. Andrew tried for the same to Braun, but he caught them by the throat and were stopped by a rain Superman punch coming off the steps. And then Dean comes off of the top. He gets caught by Drew with a kick to the gut and then goes for the dirty deeds. But Ziggler shoves Rollins to break up the cover, landing on top of Dean Ambrose. And Ambrose is all upset at Rollins and he kicks Rollins and he's about to hit Rollins with the dirty deeds when Ziggler shoves them and Ambrose is able to kick out of a zigzag, which was the big near fall of the match. Reigns comes in with Superman punches. Drew then misses in the corner, sending Braun to the floor with the first Claymore kick. Reigns then spears Drew. Ziggler's caught with the triple powerbomb and Dean Ambrose finally gets a win, pinning Ziggler. The shield is all is good with the shield. They're good again. Uh, this time it's descent between the dogs of war. Yes, Braun is upset, so he hits Ziggler with a power slam, turns around, and Drew lays him out with a second Claymore kick. This time it's on purpose. 
Drew is the one that stands tall to end the show walking up the ramp. So it is the dogs at war. Yes. I'm I'm hoping this is the end of, uh, of the dogs of war. Bikes. Oh, what a run they've had. Bikes a extension. great two-month run is yeah. your top heel You faction. know, it's been really good for Drew McIntyre. It's been it's been okay for Dolph as well, but I I, I hope that this uh, by extension ends the Shield versus Dogs of War rivalry as well. Um, uh, you know, I thought the the main event was fine. Again, it's a match that I feel like I've seen three times in the span of uh, what is it eight days. So um, time to move on from that, and uh, I think it seems to me like this could be potentially even Braun Strowman turning back babyface. Great. Yes. Yeah. If you care. Really, uh, really necessary. This this big heel run for Braun Strowman. Yeah, I don't know where they're going. Uh, Sounds like you don't care that much either way. No, because I don't get attached to any of these turns. I could see these guys all aligned together next week. Yeah, I mean, there's a. I'll agree that I think coming out of this show, there's a there's a big feeling of just like irrelevance to a lot of this stuff. Not you know, not just because of I think the the greater I think political um, story that's involved with the the what's coming up, but also just. It just feels like it's a lot of the same characters moving in the same, like spinning in circles, essentially. Spinning in circles and also just, I feel like a lack of care for turns and alliances and just basic storytelling at times. It's like, just, it's just all whatever's convenient for the big show that's coming up in the, at the end of the month. Like last week, literally, they decided, let's turn Lashley tonight. How are we going to do it? Ah, it's just a heel. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Why? Don't worry about why. He just is. So that was raw. Yeah, yeah. Not not a show that I really had all my interest tonight. Uh, I I found this a really like it felt like it just took a lot of the same beats from last week, only less effective than last week, which was a very good show. I thought last week. Hmm. This week just felt like very much the same segments. Um, I like the Ronda versus uh, Nikki stuff. That was the most heated thing on the show. Um, kind of built up your Evolution main event. I agree. I like Drew and, and Rollins. They fail to have. Uh, to fail to ever disappoint, I think, together. Yeah. And the rest was a lot of just rehashing certain things, and I, I thought this was a show that significantly dragged. Let's see what you guys thought. Did this show fail away? 1 to 20? I don't know why I put 1 to 20. I clearly was it's not okay. thinking. An 8.18. That's a fail. It is indeed. Let us go to our first bit of feedback. MJ from NJ. Tonight we got three matches featuring S.H.I.E.L.D. guys and two more backstage segments between the two groups. That's so much on-screen time dedicated to six guys. I'm growing sick of them, and considering the talent who don't get screen time on SmackDown, it's a shame Raw's booked this way. Also thought Ronda's lines about Nikki and John were great. I like that she went there, added heat, and saved the fact she botched her script. Enough with wordy scripts already. Lastly, that was some promo from the Brothers of Destruction. Lots of death imagery and that rest-in-peace sign-off. This company is so (laughs) tone-deaf. I would really hope that members of the roster would speak their minds about this trip to Saudi Arabia. It's crazy to me that none none will for fear of being released. And the big names are making too much money to care. The WWE earnings call will be a fascinating listen. I profited off their stock surge, but following the company and product as I do, even I have to question how much is the bad feeling worth. Business is business, and I suppose it's no worse than other questionable things in the company's past, but it does feel heightened in the era of media. I mean, that's a very low bar. For this company, if if that's, I think, the justification. Uh, anyway, Brandon from New Jersey, a.k.a. not MJ. 
My dearest Alexander Keith Ale Beer Barons, it is I, your loyal servant, and I just want to say that this episode of Raw was a big old meh episode. What got accomplished? The Rousey promo was kind of cringeworthy till the Cena door dig. Crazy Leets and Trish Stratus trying to crowbar the Allen Iverson practice gimmick to their promo was abhorrently annoying. Uh, Elias slamming his city of the week with no payoff by hitting the coked out version of the Philly fanatic gritty in the head with a guitar only to pull. Okay. I can't do this. I don't have the energy. I'm sorry. Uh, miscellaneous items. Um, the whole elite angle of will they or won't they, they stay is getting old real quick on being the elite. Why doesn't WWE hold crown Royal at Ramstein air force base that they choose to back out like every other business is doing as we speak. Well, I don't know if that's part of the terms of their deal. Listen, moving it. I mean, they they are committed to doing this show. And yes. listen, it's it's a very complicated story that I mean, this is it, to is me it's it, something that complicated. It should be money over Look, the the Whatever part else. about this that I feel is really hard to rationalize is that they could lose this this deal with Saudi Arabia. And next year, they will still have their most profitable year ever. This is not a company that is hand-to-mouth reliant on this deal for the livelihood of their roster. They can walk away from this. And yeah, you may have a a short-term flux in your stock price. You know what? The greater goodwill and I think understanding that at the end of the day, they did the right thing. I think that goes way further than this company just digging their heels in and stating, no, we are going to take every penny on the table and not leave a thing there because they look at it as simply what is the bottom line of what we're going to make for this deal? Because we can't, we can't monetize goodwill and, and positivity. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they look horrible to, yeah. to the outside world. And when you, and when people will bring up such stupid things, like stupid things that this exposes the business, this makes wrestling look bad. 99% of the times, it's bullshit. This is the stuff that makes wrestling look so fucking terrible to the real world. Is that a company is so adamant about doing something that is so tasteless at, a, at this time. Well, now more than ever, I mean, I think the definition of what wrestling is isn't simply just the WWE anymore. And I'm sure a lot of people, even more so than previous, are going to... I mean, especially with shows like this one, you know, look towards all the other alternatives that are out there. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Jalen from Pickering. Fall of 2016, Seth and Roman feud interchangeably with Owens and Jericho eternally. Fall 2017, the Shield, the Shield feud with The Bar and Miz nonstop. Fall of 2018, the Shield feud interchangeably with these three. Raw is redundancy. Yes, lots of Shield. John from Montana, I have to be honest, at the first mention of Crown Jewel, I had to turn off Raw. I just couldn't do it anymore. I feel like I've overlooked a lot of the WWE's questionable decisions over the years, including the omission of women from the Greatest Royal Rumble, but I could no longer suspend my disbelief anymore, given the situation surrounding Saudi Arabia and WWE's tone deafness about the entire thing. This is going to sound absolutely ridiculous in a WWE context. How would you have reacted if this show started off cold with a pre-tape segment of Vince McMahon starting the show and explaining why they are going to continue with this show? What reason could he give that will appease people? I don't know what that reason is. He has no good reason. 
other than, hey, this is a lot of money we can't give up. Do you think that there would have been at least some people that would have had, if they had addressed the elephant in the room, that there would have been enough people that would have taken the WWE's reasoning? Depends what that excuse is, and they probably have need a pretty damn good one in order to avoid criticism. Because they're going like they would have received criticism uh, whether or not they addressed it, however they addressed it. By not addressing it, they're receiving criticism. Um, I'm guessing they think that by not addressing it, they are going to receive the least amount of criticism. Perhaps I don't know. Like I really watched this show tonight, and I just have so little respect for the fact they they don't even have the ability to address it. Like, they don't even have no. a defense of why they're doing this show. They can't even defend why we're doing this show, other than the obvious reason. Yeah. That if this was not uh, a gigantic mon- money deal, we wouldn't be doing it. And what does that say? We can't even address this, because we have no reason to do this show, other than money. That's that's that's, that's, that's horrendous. What, that's what it communicates. Uh, is it you or me? Uh, you. Okay, Jay from Colorado. Raw's been getting slightly better in the last few weeks. I'm sure you've covered most of it by now in the feedback, so I'll just leave my highlight, which was Michael Cole and Corey Graves losing it over Kurt Angle's outfit and making comparisons to Hunter S. Thompson when Kurt attacked Baron Corbin. Corbin tried his best to say, we can't stop here, this is bat country, but was laughing so hard he could only yell, bat country! It was a genuinely funny moment on commentary, and I have to admit, I watched it over a few times. With that being said, I'm not sure if I'm going to be sticking around after the Saudi Arabia show. I'm usually the type of guy who votes with my wallet, and I wasn't happy with the Saudi deal a year ago. Still not happy about it now. I'm foregoing watching the event for sure, but the WWE already has my money for the month. So I sent $40 to an organization working to overthrow and depose the Saudi royal family. Feels good. Bill and Alex in Orlando. The crowd was absolutely dead, but we thought this Raw was pretty good. Lots of mention of Crown Jewel, but no mention of location. The first segment with Roman and Seth's promos was pretty good. Seth is excellent on the mic. We thought every match with the Shield and Dogs of War were really good. The Rollins-Ambrose angle was okay, although it might have been more interesting of a turn for Dean if he was having turmoil with Roman. Ronda's promo was great, but some of the things she said were weird. Pretty face, deadly body. We thought the Lashley segment was just trash. No reaction from the crowd. Trish and Lita's practice thing was bad. Really bad. It made no sense. But Alexa continues to be a star. The more we see Drew McIntyre, the more we see him as a main eventer and eventual Universal Champion. In and after the main event, he was great. We would rate the show 8 deadly bodies out of 10. Always a consensus from the two of them. Mm-hmm. They're like Venom. Yes. Uh, last one here is, do you see Kurt Angle wrestling for the Universal Championship? See them doing a challenge down uh, you the road? Know, uh, for a one-off on a B show like they did with Sting, I don't think it's the worst idea. Um, especially seeing, it's seeming, it seems like they are uh, being a lot more lax, I think, with letting him wrestle a more regular schedule. So I, I, I would actually quite like to see that for a B show. All right. Thanks, everybody, for the feedback. Before we end off the show, it is our post-haiku contest. Yeah. I have just typed in our hashtag. There are a lot of submissions there are maybe you start from uh the top i'll start from the bottom okay uh so let's let's we're gonna have to scan these on the we're not gonna get through all of you these. don't go to go to latest don't go to top or yeah maybe we'll go to top actually sorry let's go to top so that we can see which ones are the most favorited how about that where do you want me to go Go to top yeah okay. go to top all right let's let's just start from the top and we'll go back and forth okay John and Way talking of oily, half-naked men 
engaged in combat. Oh, you and I have different lists. <laughs> How do we have different lists? This is going to be awkward. Oh, Let's dear. go from this one. Yeah, okay. Well, this one, I mean, oh, this certainly already a front runner, because uh, this one definitely got a huge reaction when I retweeted it. From Matt Moore, who says, remember, haikus are com- consisting of um, five syllables on the first line, seven syllables on the second line, and five syllables again on the third line. So, Matt Moore... Well, it's the big show. It's a big bad show tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's the big show. Now, this one definitely got the the waiting retweet bump. Yes. But this was really good. It was good. I'm sure it would have done well regardless. So that is definitely the front runner. Yeah. All right. Are we going to just read them all? I mean, how else? Yeah, I guess we should just go through. Yeah. The higher power. His identity revealed. It was me, Austin. Uh, yeah, not bad. It was okay. No, no reaction, though. That was from TCP. We go to Chris Elliott, who says, Heard that post-wrestling. Sad when John and Way finish. Wait for news update. My ego enjoys that one a lot, actually. So there you go. A nice one. Jopo and Wei Ting record two sweet podcasts. Listening right now. He added an extra two in there. Two twos. Ooh, ooh. No, 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 squat- no, 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 like to oh to, to, to make, make it work. work. Yeah. Oh, so he does qualify. Okay, okay. Uh, we go to Trent who said or Tent Brent who says, "Psycho Sid's the man has half the brains that you have." Let's run that again. Very good, very funny. Pollock and Ting have review a Raw and SmackDown. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, how to book a match. 20 writers. What to do? Distraction finish. Very nice. Very good. Okay, from Dave. Unbearable sight. Twisting Jeff Hardy's earlobe. John Pollock throws up. (laughs) Todd says, when I was a child, wrestling to me was so real. (laughs) I pine for those days. That's just sad. From Spooky. Hey, look, it's Bailey. What a big Fally. Fally. Fally? Oh, God. I can't read. What a big Fally. That NXT misses Bailey. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> Warren. Twas ten years ago. A political poster. Apathetic way. Oh, yes, of course. He's but not apathetic not. anymore. He's very much engaged oh, in the political God, process. Man. All right, from Jeremy. I loved Impact Wrestling. They forced creation of post. Love them even more. <laughs> oh my god. Todd. Monday night again. All gluttons for punishment. Why does Vince hate us? <laughs> Alright. From King Carcosa. <laughs> Brutus the Barber. No time to be interviewed. It better be quick. Alright, that one's really good. I like that one. Okay, we'll put that up there as well. We go to um Firu Reduzen, who says Waiting made a pun. John was disappointed, though. That was so funny. (laughs) From Tasha. Can't see you, Cena. Not even your barber. Why? Stop hiding from us. Okay. Leon. (laughs) Kota Ibushi. Every time he loses, it breaks my little heart. Roxanne. From the Bloxanne. John makes a bad joke. 
the whole post-universe laughs way no sells the joke. Now that just hits too close I to I just home. laugh quietly. I laugh on the inside. He shakes his head. Imran says, here for raw review, mad that John's gone off topic. Buys baseball mogul. <laughs> From Conquistador Dos. Watched Queen of the Ring. Happy anniversary. Way has vomited. We have found what you and I both vomit at in these haikus. Pierre says, The Hounds of Justice have marked their territory. <laughs> Vince prays it's not piss. And the poet laureates of our listeners. Benny Alexander, three hours of Raw, one hour post-wrestling. I picked the latter. <laughs> okay. Okay, up next. Post-wrestling podcast. Way and John discuss the day. <laughs> Chat, promote, inspire. <laughs> we got our t-shirt. Chat, promote, inspire. Inspires. CPI. It's three syllables, isn't it? From Brad Hall. Post-wrestling, Wei Ting. John Pollock, Davey Portman, Braden Harrington. <laughs> That's pretty clever. That's great. That's really clever. Oh, wow. Davey. Uh. One of these, sh- the winner should be a shirt we put yeah. up. Okay, Jen says, John and Wei's reviews, number one wrestling podcast, I'm bad at haiku. <laughs> Trevor, Vince needs to move on, end it with a nice stunner, or a rock bottom. <laughs> Are we going to read all of these? There's a lot of them here. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to see, sk- start skipping. Pollock offsets Ting, reviewing all things wrestling, coffee needs a sleeve. From David Higuera. Shane, Christmas approaches. Woolway's neighbor decorate? December 10th bet. Very nice. That's a great reminder. Shane. I actually Thank was you. thinking about that going to your place the other day. I was like, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting close. We're getting we're, close. All right. From Tony, finally have merch, <laughs> maxing out my credit card, and don't regret it. Well, I like that one. I like that one, too. It's a, a little plug for our uh, merch store. Okay, we got Adam who says, post-wrestling contest, John and Wei want a haiku. (laughs) Fuck it, not for me. From Heel Paps, John needs Horton sleeves, Ting needs two-hour divas, time for triple shot. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Damn, we got a lot. We have a lot. Some people are like, let's do two more, okay? Okay. Uh, I'm not going to do that one. Chris Leone, a post-tradition, John comes up with clever puns while Way no-sells them. You know, I didn't realize that was as, as, as big of a thing as it is. All right, one more. <laughs> Welfare Glenn. This one's good. Post-Proresu. What the fuck is he wearing? He looks like dog shit. <laughs> the WH Park. One for WH Park. All righty. <laughs> Okay, um, you know, I feel like we've kind of got the field of maybe the standard. And yes. in your opinion, has any um, come beyond what we first read with the no. big show on? No, that was, that was the best one. Yeah. I, I like that I, one a lot. And, and I've, I've actually, like, followed all these as they've come through. Like, I've actually already made up my mind even, you know. Like, I've read pretty much all of them on my own. Um Unless you want to read one more. No, I just, I'm sorry we can't get the all, like, there are like, so many I've, here. I've read them all. There I must be at least 60. I, I can't read them all on air, but I guarantee you the best one has to go to Matt Moore with, again, John, well, it's the big show. 
It's a big bad show tonight. Yeah, it's the big show. Congratulations, Matt. You are now the proud owner of Creating the Mania by John Robinson from ECW Press. Some true poetry, and I think what a way to end the this maybe a slightly sour edition of uh, Raw. Yeah, this was not the most fun edition of Raw to go through. Tuesday night is SmackDown 1000. Mm -hmm. I guess we can go through the other shows that we have coming up this week. We are also going to have the double shot Tuesday night for members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. Uh, You have been limited with your internet usage. What can we expect from you on Tuesday Uh, night? You know, I I did manage to catch uh, Total Divas, so I will uh, just give a brief update about that as well. I think uh, being the elite has returned, and we'll see what else. Okay. I'm going to chat about Lucha Underground from last week. I, I just felt like it. Yeah. And... I did see being the elite. You 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 wrote that you're you're uh, the Eddie Guerrero, thing. the Eddie Guerrero feature. Yes, they the WWE put out their uh, second edition of Untold, which they did for Mick Foley and the Hell in a Cell last month. So this one's on Eddie Guerrero, and yeah, it's a very quick feature. It's like 15 minutes where they do a bunch of phone interviews with guys. So anyway, I'll chat about that one briefly on Tuesday as well. So okay. if you're a cafe member, you will get that Tuesday night, Wednesday. Martin, Ollie, and Benno are going to have the British Wrestling Experience. It's going to be up a bit later Wednesday night because they're going to review the debut episode of NXT UK. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. That's airing at 8 Eastern on the WWE Network. or Sorry, 8 uh, UK time, 3 o'clock Eastern time. So they will chat about that. So look for that show. Uh, If you're uh, in in, uh, Eastern time in North America sometime, uh, maybe at like... I don't know, uh, six in the afternoon, something like that. And if you're in the UK, maybe closer to the evening, 11 o'clock or something. And then on Thursday, Braden Harrington and Davey Portman are back with Up Next and Forever Young as the May Young Classic is winding down. And they've also been doing 205 live reviews in 205 seconds. So if you want to get caught up on all that, let Davey Portman Perfect. do it in 205 seconds. Friday, Way and I are back on the cafe. It is our monthly Marvel review. Mm-hmm. And what are we reviewing this month? Well, we are going through all the movies in chronological order, and that means we are going to review the third in the MCU uh, uh, series of movies. That will be Iron Man 2, starring uh, Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, and uh, Don Cheadle replacing um, Terrence Howard. Howard, yes. Saturday, we've got a new Eggshells, Chris Charlton, who, by the way, his episode with his brother Matt, excellent. On 2005. What an interesting year that was for New Japan. And as well, Noah mm-hmm. had very different. Uh, we had New Japan at its lowest and Noah at its highest mm-hmm. uh, that year. This mu- this week, uh, Chris is joined by Striga, who is going to be chatting 2006. Not a much, not too much better fortunes for New Japan, but 2006, uh, a big reduction in Tokyo Dome events because there was only one that year with New Japan running January 4th. And then Sunday. You have asked for it. You will receive it. Uh, this is going to be a Patreon show. Uh, we are going to be reviewing American Vandal Season 2. And we are also going to be doing it as a video. So this will be this week's uh, post-production video. I might even put the video a little bit earlier. Just Great. For, for the video patrons. Maybe I'll put that up on Friday for video. And then uh, the rest of you will uh, be able to hear it on the Post Wrestling Cafe on Sunday. There you go. So if you are a double-double or higher member, you'll get the video early. And then the audio will be up for... All cafe members on Sunday yes. as we chat American Vandal mm-hmm. Season 2. So lots of stuff coming your way. You can go to postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. And once again, we're going to be doing that special show on November the 2nd uh, to raise money for the Committee to Protect Journalists. Again, you can go to 
cpj.org uh, for more information on that and if you want to donate as well. So that's it. Way, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, twelve thirty. I hope you're you're you don't mind company this late. Not at all. Uh, we are gonna go rewatch Raw and we'll chat with you on Tuesday night. When you just talk about practice, we sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice, not a game. Not a, not a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? I man, we're talking about practice.